got the dummies, Ben and JJ, coming at you with wisdom from the Bible and beyond. This is Dummies with Wisdom. Welcome to another episode, another exciting episode. It's going to rock your socks off of Dummies Woo. with Wisdom. It only took seven episodes for JJ to let me do the intro, so that's uh, mm. it's exciting, and that's why it's so much better this time. Yep. So what are you up to? Anything Anything fun? Good uh, to hear. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <sighs> So the question we have for today, um, brought to us by one of our listeners, um, us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> uh, should we make ourselves simply available to God's will, or should we be actively pursuing it? This has been a question I've always thought about, just with a lot of the, um, I guess, network that my family's been a part of, and some people who are very gets gung-ho about finding opportunities and trying to maybe in some sense make opportunities happen um, and just see where it goes. And But then also the other aspect of allowing the Lord to open doors and I guess the more patient approach um, in some sense. I guess that's like the like the, the good side of both of those approaches, but then also like, you know, impatience. And I've seen a lot of times even in myself, like an impatience to try to pursue an opportunity or something and it doesn't, you know, go the right way, or maybe it um, just doesn't end very well. There's plenty of people I've seen, I've done this too, where you maybe you sit a little too long um, on the sideline, and then there's sometimes there's opportunities that come and go that maybe would have happened if you actually put in some effort. We're talking about making ourselves available to God's will in an active way, not mm-hmm. in a not a passive. I'm just going to sit and wait for God. But like, a, like a, we don't know what God's will is. So we're going to patiently wait and anticipate. Mm-hmm. Not just, not like you said, not just be lazy, but to act, act actively wait versus, you know, really pushing forward into what you think God's will is. And those can, I mean, those can mm-hmm. correlate, but I think we're talking more of in the moment rather than big picture. Right. I liked what we talked about a couple weeks ago, just in our own personal lives of an active pursuing of the Lord in our relationship. And in that way, like kind of creating those doors and those opportunities and readying our hearts for something right. bigger or greater or something that the Lord might have for us. But then there still can be that place to just sit. And even if it's not fun, even if it's not necessarily what we would like to do to be able to sit there and just wait on the Lord to create the opportunity and to walk through a door in a way I think a lot of times is why I think most people end up finding the situation that most people end up finding themselves in. Yeah. There's a way to, to actively wait and still prepare yourself. And I mean, we had talked about this a couple weeks ago that preparing yourself doesn't necessarily mean specifically. Um, I mean, if you're going to be an electrician, then the way you prepare is by learning electrical stuff. Mm. Man, right. that was scientific, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's basic, but it has meaning. Sometimes it's just preparing your heart or preparing in the direction that you think you're going. If you think that God might be calling you to go live in a 
mud hut in Africa, be a missionary, then you should probably be doing something that's in that direction. Mm. And if it turns out to be wrong, it turns out to be wrong. But I think I think a lot of people too, I mean, especially here in America, where we are such an impatient people. Mm. And I think that has a lot to say about our faith as well. We don't want to prepare. We don't want to wait on anything, uh, the opportunity or the opening or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And we just want to go. Right. But at the same time, which I mean, I think that you've, you've got two separate groups of people that are both in that same kind of in that same camp in two different ways. Mm-hmm. One is that they're just full bore, 100, 150 miles straight ahead. Let's go. Yeah. And then you've got the other people that there's nothing there right now, so they just quit. Right. And kind of speaking to the that first aspect, I think the people who are so go-oriented, some, at least for the most part, sometimes, you know, you have these just crazy, awesome people who just get it and have this confidence and have this awareness almost about them. And when they go, it just it just works. I don't see that a whole lot. And so most of the time when I see this go, there almost seems to always be this um, misunderstanding of almost who they are. Like they have, they have, they, they think they know who they are. They think they know what their strengths are and they may not be wrong about that, but then they go into, especially like a ministry type setting. And that's, I think at least in my mind, that's mainly what we're talking about. Like a kind of like a situation that ministry, I guess is going to happen. And you throw yourself into that and either I I find people overconfident and maybe even underprepared because of the situation or they sure. find themselves in a situation that it wasn't to like their expectation. And it's in that moment I think a lot of times these really go-oriented people, while they maybe, maybe had good intentions at first, they went so fast and so quick into something with no real support and no real planning behind it sure. that all of a sudden it can, I've seen a lot of things end up pretty destructive because of their mindset and their way forward has not only, you know, it didn't go to their, their plan, which is the first problem. And then, you know, especially in ministry, I mean, it's all about people and it's all about relationships. And that almost always gets left behind because it's the agenda of the person going into it. You know, whether even it may, they may sure. even be taking like a platform from something they've done before and trying to translate into something else. But then you, you try to translate that and it just, sometimes it just, it just doesn't work out the same way. Um, and so I, I think that go oriented, you have to be really careful when you're going so aggressively forward and trying to make something happen that might just not quite be there. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's a wisdom thing too, uh, because you, you got, you know, your two opposite camps, you got one side like that you're talking about. They just, as soon as they get an idea, they're full steam ahead. And then you've got, um, people or churches or ministries or whatever that are all about the vision. Right. And they're so bent on vision that yeah. they never actually do anything because it's all about what's the, what's the newest vision? What's the newest way mm. to reiterate the vision? What's the new mission statement? Like yeah. it's because of that, nothing ever gets done. Yeah. That being said, there's times when, you know, you just, you got to go full steam ahead right off the bat. Yeah. I think there's so there's times when that's necessary or times when that's the wise thing to do. And then there's also times when we do need to sit back. We need to be patient. I think like church planning ministries, church planning is almost always needs to be a not slow process, but more drawn out. Very you have deep, to, very drawn out and deep. Yeah. Like you got to know, you know, well, where, are, where are you planning a church? Mm-hmm. Who are you planning it with? Who's going to be your core team? Right. Um, do you have a build? Like you, you don't, you don't want to get all this stuff 
done in two weeks or the church is going to fall within a month. Yeah. Right. That being said, we're not, we're not only talking in ministry here. I know that's where you and I kind of are, are driven towards, mm-hmm. but I mean, let's, let's kind of point it back to, you know, people who are, you know, working normal everyday right. jobs. I mean, because that's a, that's a different thing than yeah. saying, okay, if we're going into ministry. Right. And I think that's where the calculation of where you are personally having a good support system. And then like, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, like preparing yourself, preparing your heart for something, you know, for blank, for basically whatever the Lord is going to put in front of you. And like, not to say that you might have an idea and it might be worth going into, I've just found in my experience, there's so many of these people who go charging into it who don't have a whole lot of, don't have the support or don't have any other input of anyone else. And then all of a sudden just kind of crashes and burns, you know? Right. And really, especially if you're going into a situation where it's like maybe more um, non-believer focused, I guess, or more evangelistic, I guess is the right word. It, even more so, it's more about just the name of Jesus. Like that's that's your role. That's your you are the example to that office space, to that workspace, to wherever you're going into and invading. Like that part, that part takes courage and it takes some sort of calculated risk and aggressiveness in that to make some opportunities happen. I think that's where like the grinding of the gears really gets going is in that initial step. But I think so many people get really bogged down, discouraged in their evangelical effort to share the gospel and it's not received very well and that's when that patience happens and i think that's where so many people get so um well i think that's a lot of times where christians get a bad name too when they're sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. and then you have that initial good push you know that opportunity that happens but then some of the buttons are that are pressed are not the right ones you know and some of the ways that we go about trying to do our ministry are not the right things and that's where you know a misunderstanding of who we are a misunderstanding of maybe even the gospel itself and not doing what we should be at home and that takes work and that takes a lifelong work and that's where i think a huge amount of patience happens and where you know you go back to someone and you're talking with them and it's not like you're just having to cram info down their throat to tell them that they're a bad person or who jesus is you don't have to do all the time i think that's where that patience comes in you can do that over a longer span of time and allow people to really let the Holy spirit invade their hearts, invade their minds. And at the end, it's not about what you can do. It's about what the Holy spirit can do in that sort of sense, the vocational side. For the non-vocational side though, there's, there's a very, there's a fine line between being patient, waiting on God. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of going back to being lazy or not taking the initiative. If you, if you feel that for whatever reason, uh, you see uh, Jimmy in church and you just decide, you know what, just feel like I need to give Jimmy $500 because something must be going on in his life. Mm. We don't need to wait six weeks to see if God will move in our lives. Yeah. To... Mm. That's good. Oh, again, like small, I think, I think smaller stuff. If you, if you feel mm-hmm. led, then do it. Yeah. I mean, especially the worst thing that's going to happen in that is that you're out $500. Right. Something that's not going to make much difference. You don't just, just give them the money or if you, uh, give your time. Uh, yeah. Effort. Join I mean, the worship you know. team. You know, go to the go to the prayer breakfast. I don't know, S- small stuff like that. There's there's nothing to lose by it. So if you do it and God didn't want you to do it, then a he'll let you know. Yeah. But b, it's not a loss. It's just hmm. you tried it, didn't work out. I liked what you brought up about the worship stuff because that's been 
probably the biggest area that I've seen that I kind of have learned to maybe not be so aggressive um, and just pursuing something. Uh, and so like, I mean, even me learning yeah. how to play guitar and end up leading worship was not up to me whatsoever. It just was opportunity after opportunity that kind of came up and mm-hmm. wasn't, didn't basically got guilted into basically everything I did. And so, um, <laughs> which ended up turning out pretty well. And so once I kind of learned and got confident and, uh, like looked back, especially when I graduated high school, I kind of looked back at my, like, uh, like music career, I guess. And was like, wow, there were a lot of really cool opportunities and how the Lord used that. And I was like, maybe this is something I want to yeah. pursue. Um, and then I went to England and same thing, like showed up and it was like right off the bat, like opportunity. And I was like, okay. And I never had to like pursue it. So I was just walking through, walking through, walking through. And then I got to Cedarville and me and you went through this. We went to a bunch of different churches just looking for, you know, for one, like the right church to go to. But for me, I think there was, there was a part of my mind that I was like, okay, not that, not that I had to serve and worship, but like I had seen the Lord use me in that way. And in my mind, I was just like, that's just how it was going to go. And so yeah. went to these churches basically with the focus of I'm going to at, at some point serve this church by either playing or leading worship. And sure, I tried. I mean, I definitely tried. Even at Cedarville, I tried to get in. Um, but like at Cedarville and at different churches, I would try to like force my way, not force my way, like, but like. I was looking for that opportunity and I would put that in the same way as like, I wasn't really like relying on the Lord to like create an opportunity for me to serve blank. I was looking for the Lord to create an opportunity for me to serve in like a worship setting. And even at sovereign grace, like that was my first in that I got. And it definitely, it was good. I will say that it was really good, but that whole just process was like, this is definitely at least from a worship side, not it. And that was my first kind of, I think we even talked about that. My first, time where i was like maybe like maybe the lord could use me in something other than worship you know especially in a church setting like yeah. i knew that he could always use me in other ways because i mean i'd gone on ministry trips and traveled the world and i'd seen you know played with kids and talked with nationals and all sorts of stuff like that but like that was like the real like first opportunity i had to actually see like hey maybe there's something outside of worship that i could and open myself up to those opportunities and all of a sudden it was like i wasn't looking for any opportunities and they were just coming up and they happened to be worship again and so I think yeah. through that, I've learned like there are some things, especially in those circumstances, when you open your heart up to the Lord, when you have that willingness and you're actually throwing yourself into it, opportunities happen and the Lord is going to use whatever strength. And sometimes it plays out pretty well for what you're actually you know, yeah. willing to do. Yeah, I've kind of had that same experience to a, to an extent. I mean, definitely with the whole opportunities thing growing up in the past and everything definitely felt like that has kind of fallen off the grid lately <laughs> it's it's also something too where it's you can't always do what you're the what you're best at mm. sometimes what you what god needs you to serve in sometimes what people need you to serve in is something that's not your forte mm. the church we went to in texas i met with one of the associate pastors and i asked him about you know ways that to get involved and he was like well what do you like to do and i was like what do you need like, I'll, I'll do whatever you need. And he gave me this list. I, I started writing it down because I was like, well, that way I can think about it at least. And I mean, he gave me this was a, this was like a, a committee church yeah. where there was like a committee or a team for everything. <laughs> and I mean, there was everything from like 
stacking chairs to like welcoming people in the parking lot to mm-hmm. they had something called the bread committee that <laughs> that day. gave bread they make baked bread and gave it to visitors that's legit like li- like loaves of bread and i, I was like go there. yeah that was not that's i'm not that's not my committee no. <laughs> <laughs> i'll take part but not me but i remember I, I mentioned something about worship and he was kind of just brushed over it and i thought that's kind of weird i mean every church always needs worship people and so I, I mentioned it again a little bit later in the conversation. He kind of brushed over it again. Come to find out their their worship program is not what I would consider to be the best structured. Mm. It was uh it was one of those where it was the same same people every single week. They didn't have any substitutes, they didn't have any different people. It was the same, you know, eight people or whatever. Um right. and so I thought, well, if you're not gonna let me do that, then I'll sit behind the soundboard and control how you sound <laughs> it wasn't actually it wasn't actually that mindset nice. but i thought that's that's if you know if, if i can't make the music i still have an ear for it i'll i guess i'll do right. that and i mean i'm still doing that to this day because yeah. uh, there just wasn't the opportunity here at the church in washington to to do worship either and so it's it's something too where it's it may, something might not be your forte mm-hmm. and just because you can't do exactly what you want to do or what you think you're equipped to do doesn't mean you can't do anything or that you shouldn't do anything. If mm-hmm. if that opportunity hasn't presented itself, that's not an excuse to quote sit mm-hmm. and wait on God. Yeah. It's do something else. Right. Even if it's just for the meantime. If if all you can do is be a greeter at church, be a greeter at church. Mm. You would not believe the number of stories I've heard where people had good or bad impressions because of the greeters. Yeah. I've talked 100%. to a lot of people who decide they hated the church because of the greeters or the lack of greeters or something. And I've talked to people who went to a church because the people were so friendly as soon as they walked in the door. Right. And I like, I like what you were talking about with like people thinking, because I think people think too much, but especially when we're talking about the non-vocational side, honestly, the best thing you can do is just have a relationship with someone and build that relationship and then be willing to have those conversations. I think some of the, best ministry opportunities from both encouraging other believers and like sharing the gospel and the love of Christ with non-believers has just simply been through friendships and relationships and that that aspect especially that takes effort to go out put yourself out there and create those friendships so that you can have those really good opportunities and build that respect I think that's where a lot of really good conversations happen on both sides of the you know, encouraging believers and sharing the gospel side of things is the respect that you build with someone else. Of course you can share the gospel right. and people can hear it, but when people can see you live it out and he, they hear what you say and then see you live it out, that's something that creates shockwaves through out someone's life. The understood difference between vocational ministry and everyday people doing ministry I think is completely just wrong. I mean, there there's mm. obviously a difference. I mean, vocational ministry, that's what people do for a living. Right. You know, they can spend their 40 hours a week doing ministerial stuff. But non-vocational people, we act as though it's kind of a side thing or that they can do these little things like, yeah, maybe they can play a guitar on Sundays or they can go to the prayer breakfast or they can run the lights at church or stack chairs or whatever. But when we look at the at the Bible, I mean, like, look at Paul. We think of Paul as being, like, the super pastor, and right. he was a tent maker. Like, mm. if, if we're going to go real technical, he was not a vocational minister. 
Mm-hmm. Paul was a tent maker who did ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think we've we've kind of turned it into this thing of that if you're not vocational, that your ministry is like one-on-one, friendship level, here's $10, give some money to the guy on the corner kind of thing. And that's not, I don't see that anywhere in scripture, that there's yeah. really a functional difference between vocational ministry. I mean, you have like the qualifications and stuff that Paul gives, and obviously there's some logical differences, but as far as what they do and the level at which it's done, I don't see that in scripture. Hmm. I think we've turned it into this whole, the vocational people do the ministry mm-hmm. and we do little stuff over on the side over here. Right. We're the bread team. Yeah. That's, I'm not, not shooting down the bread team, but like, <laughs> and it, you know, if, if that's what you, if that's what you do, if that's what you can do, great. But if you're mm. doing the bread team because you're not a pastor, then I there's a disconnect there. I don't think that's there's nothing biblical there. Right. And I think especially when we look at churches, the congregation be should be leaving church ready to do ministry, should be even more equipped to go do ministry from right. not only like the example and the teachings from the leadership, but especially I think the example and the actual like application of that's something that i've always not that it's always done well but that i've loved about like the baptist side of teaching there's always like the three applications to every message at least that all start with the same letter that all start with the same letter so it's easy to remember because you know sometimes i'm stupid but (laughs) not sometimes no all the time never (laughs) um (laughs) not like you duct taped a fan to the wall in college (laughs) okay we keep bringing that up but it worked. Like that's all I'm saying. Is it worked way better I mean, it than we stayed all thought? On the wall for like two days, and it dried out because I spilt that whatever the water was or whatever. And like the whole point was to dry that thing up, and it worked. And then we're no, like, then no, we're like, were I'm hot. hot when I'm yeah. Then then I was like, I'm usually hot at night. So let's see how this works out. We had that a tower fan. It pointed right at well. you. It wasn't strong enough. And you though. duct taped a box fan to the but wall. The, but the fan wasn't strong enough. It wasn't drying the wet spot up. Like, I have no idea where we were at. We we haven't really answered the question. <laughs> we kind of have. I feel like we've done. Kinda. It's not. I don't know if it's a necessarily like a. I mean, we can answer the question, but like. There's two ways that people go about doing their ministry. And I think there's like good ways in applying both. And like both ways also have their faults if you take it too far, you know. And I think well, that's yeah. kind of. I, mean, I think it's anyway. more of a question of balance rather like a. If you're actively waiting, that means you're doing something active in the waiting. Are you preparing yourself? Are you centering your heart? Are you reading the Bible? Are you comprehending, contemplating the Bible? Are you Mm -hmm. spending time in prayer? Are you learning just in, well, in general, really? It doesn't necessarily have to be faith-based. Are you just learning? Are you trying to progress in that time of waiting Mm. versus... I don't know, but nah, not versus, versus but. Um, Bert, well honestly i think what most people what ends up with most people who may have a good heart but are kind of lazy is that they don't take that time to study to build up to get some more arrows in their quiver and then they go out to go do ministry and they're just not prepared at all and they're right, either rusty right. or it's not right or they just, or anything else for that matter even anything else really i mean that's that's just life <laughs> you know right. I, I don't know why that's so unexpected in a christian setting it's like okay like if you don't study the bible if you're not, if you have a good prayer life, if you don't have a good community, you're just not going to be as sharp. And it's like, right. I don't know why that's so hard to understand when <laughs> every single other aspect of everything we do 
is that. Yeah, so I, I think really kind of the answer of it is we should be doing both. It's just what is actively pursuing mean? Because you can actively mm-hmm. pursue God's will in the waiting. Right. And you can actively pursue it in the doing as well. I mean, we kind of go back to the church planning thing. You can actively pursue it and say, we're going to spend six months in prayer as a church. Six months comes up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now we're going to actually implement it and figure out our plan. And that's where it's more of a actively pursuing it in the doing. Right. Which is, it's still, in a sense, awaiting. I think that's kind of, you know, the the life of the believer is a mixture of constantly waiting and constantly mm. doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have never felt with anything like I reached the goal. No, never. It, it big picture. Obviously right. with little stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, like that time not. that I said I could eat a dozen donuts and then I did. I mean, that was clearly a good goal <laughs> and I clearly achieved it. Clearly achieved. Um, not even hard. Resume builder. Put a, put a Krispy Kreme in front of me. It's like. I mean, it's manna. It's just, so. Yeah. What's he going to do exactly. with it? And, and God said that they couldn't store it up. So you just have to eat it while it's there. So. Exactly. Doesn't do us down the hatch, baby. Yep. If, if we ever think that we've gotten there, we're essentially putting God in a box. Right. Because if you, if you think that you were meant to. Let's, let's go to the vocational hour. You were meant to be a pastor and you become a pastor and then you're just done. Hmm. No. Right. I, I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's always kind of a both and. And if mm-hmm. we're if we're actively pursuing God's will, then we're constantly going to be waiting on God's will because you never know what's next. Right. And you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. Well, even us in this podcast, like, I think both of us is like, cool, if people listen, like, great. But I think for the biggest aspect of this is this is at least for me it's something that's sharpening it's something that's yeah it keeps me on my toes it just does there's yeah whether whether or not we want to say how loose this is or whatever like there's still accountability here because like truth is truth and like what we say like matters in our own lives and what we end up saying in here should honestly be applied and carried forward and i think that's the that's the a huge aspect of that and even just learning how to how to talk about what we believe mm-hmm. i mean a couple weeks ago on the podcast about bethel and elevation and hillsong we <laughs> we cut out a good bit of of stuff that um mainly me but both of us said <laughs> that i mean we we meant it but it was worded it was said terribly and we knew it just doing that kind of stuff teaches us to be more wise and how we're saying yeah. stuff that you know it's you you can be bold you can be set in what you think but you can't you still have to understand that there's people yeah, that are listening to you, whether whether it is like a podcast like this or whether it's um, just talking to people. And it's it, it gets us to, to look at things a little differently because, I mean, we've been pretty close on everything that we've done so far, mostly because we've come up with the questions. If people give us questions, let's put a plug there of shoot us questions. <laughs> Listen to our contact information at the end here. <laughs> <laughs> but send us questions because we as, as much as it might sound like we do we, we don't agree on everything and though we are um fairly close theologically uh, we 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 don't agree on every implementation and every application of that theology and this podcast is all about the applicational theology we're not really here to debate about uh the continuation of the gifts or calvinism or anything that's there's plenty of other people that can do that better oh but, yeah but we're here to 
to talk about the application. And yeah. So, right, and like what we were talking about earlier with some of that aggressive mentality and whatever we're doing, I think what you just said there, that's why it's so important to have that community because, yes, when we're we're sitting on the sidelines, when we're at practice or whatever you want to, in whichever way you want to put it, and you're preparing your heart, you're studying, you're in the Word, you're doing that sort of thing, the Bible can come to life in such a different way when you're with people who, whether they're like-minded or not, it just opens your eyes to something so much more. And I think that's where, when you're trying to create those opportunities, when, you're try- when you really are trying to go out there, make a difference, serve the Lord, and do some amazing things, that's where amazing community and amazing accountability as well comes such into play because you're going to get perspectives that are not your own, are not conjured up in your own interpretation of whatever. And I think that makes a big difference for those go-getters, which I think that's what we try to do um, best we can. So anyway, hope this was interesting to listen to. Um, Again, if you guys are interested, shoot us some topics, hit us up on social media and stuff. Let us know what you guys think. We love, at least I love hearing from from you guys. Um, No, Ben does too. We got an email too if you just want to send it direct to us. But that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. See ya. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this podcast of Dummies with Wisdom. To give us comments, ask questions, or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild, email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummieswithwisdom.